Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires BD podcast. I'm your host, Jess Bergio. And today's episode is a little different than the rest because to be totally honest, I had some guests scheduled for this hour and they had to reschedule last minute. So I was really diligent with these two that I had coming on and I, I wrote some really great questions and I thought, you know what? I've never actually shared a lot of this stuff from my perspective. I love to bring on guests sharing their behind the scenes, behind the curtain. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to ask myself these questions and share them with you. So hopefully you guys can get some takeaways, maybe even find yourself in my story as I share a little bit about, you know, what this industry means to me, who my mentors were, some lessons that I learned, um, how I got started in this career, the significance that this industry holds for me. And then, you know, over the years, how I've built um, such a rapport with my clients that have kept them in my chair for 20 years. So maybe some lessons that I've learned um, that have shaped my career. So I'm just going to dive in and start asking myself questions that I've written down and I'm going to do Q and a with myself. So you guys, uh, hopefully got a coffee or a cocktail or maybe some popcorn even and sit back, listen and enjoy. And I'd love to hear what you think about this episode. If you like getting to know me a little bit more and my insight, because after 20 plus years behind the chair, being a salon owner, hair and makeup stylist for photo shoots, magazines, uh, weddings, any photo shoots you can think of, I've been a part of, um, you name it, fashion shows, I've done it, you know, big stage shows. Um, so I'm an open book. So if you have any questions after listening to this episode, I would love to know what they are. If you want to know anything more, if this gives you any, uh, juice to lean into one area into your business more than another, I really just want to showcase how important the fundamentals of, the fundamentals are in growing your business in this industry, because without those basics, without those fundamental skill sets, growing and scaling to the level of which that I did, um, wouldn't have been possible, you know, and I'd like to call myself a master at the basics, like learn your basics, bitch, because once you learn your basics in anything, you can take that as a technical haircut. You can take it as a client experience. You can take it in formulating color. Once you know the rules, that's when you can break the rules. That's when you can expand upon and make things your own. But there is a formula to all things really hair and in the beauty industry. And it's those who then take it and make it their own that stand out above the noise that have really created a brand for themselves, signature style, signature cuts, signature colors, extensions, you name it, right? So we're just going to dive right in. I hope this is fun and funny and a little bit entertaining for you guys. So first question. Talk to me about how you first got into this industry. What drew you to the career and why have you stayed? Okay. So I first got into the industry. I was introduced to, you know, getting my hair done at a very young age. I have terribly curly, frizzy hair. And my mom had curly hair, but she never like showed me how to do my hair growing up. She didn't introduce me to products. Like there was really no like guidance around having curly hair let alone long curly hair. So I remember as young as like junior high brushing my curly hair and just having this wild, crazy, didn't know what to do with hair. And I finally discovered a bottle of gel under her hair gel, under her (laughs) gel, I could be curious, um, under her cabinet in the bathroom. And I realized if I put it in my hair wet, that it would dry smaller and my hair wouldn't be so big and fluffy. So for about two and a half years, I went to school with literally soaking wet, crunchy, curly hair, but it wasn't froey. It wasn't crazy. Um, and that was my first introduction to products. But even before that, when I was younger, I remember thinking my hair texture is different 
And this lady doesn't know what she's doing as she gives me this haircut. I wanted to scream, I don't have straight hair. You can't cut my hair like a straight haired person's head. So I think, you know, I was always aware that different people had different textures of hair and different color of hair. And I always was real curious about all of that. So at Barbies, I would cut their hair. Looking back, it all makes sense now. But at the time, I had no idea that's what I would do for a career. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be um, a doctor. I wanted to be, I don't know. Yeah, a teacher or a doctor, I think, were like my two major things. But when I was a teenager, my mom uh, had an office next to a lady who owned a salon. And she was the first person who actually did my hair right. And this lady only charged me $20 to cut and color my hair throughout high school. And she was like, I'll continue to only charge you this much if you decide to go to beauty school. I want to help mentor you. And I was like, beauty school, I'm going to college. Like, I don't, I don't think this is for me. That was like freshman, sophomore year. I had no interest in either college or that at the time, but then somewhere around junior high, when I got my first, I'm sorry, uh, my junior year, when I got my first job in a restaurant, uh, started making my own money, started to explore what was out there in the world. Um, my girlfriend was working at a salon and I picked up a part-time shift working the front desk, sweeping hair at the salon. So that was my first introduction of being part of a team at a salon. And I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Like they're all chatting with each other. They're listening to music. They get to talk smack in the break room. They, they get to take cigarette breaks. I smoked like a fiend back then. I was like, maybe this is what I want to do. And I heard what the owner was charging. I saw what the nail girls were making. And I was like, I think I want to do this. And so the end of our junior year in high school, we applied for financial aid to get into beauty school after we graduated high school. So a whole year before we even graduated, we both, my girlfriend and I decided we were going to go to beauty school. So fast forward, uh, 1999, I graduated high school and off to beauty school we went. And the first three months I was like, what did I do? I ended up in a really janky school. It was super, super hood, super not like there was no bougie-ness about it whatsoever. No high level, nothing. Like I was like, oh, my mom was right. Like this is where people go to when they can't figure out what else they want to do for their careers. This is, this is where the uneducated come. This is where you go if you can't get into college. And everything that she had told me she had perceived about this industry, I felt when I was there the environment that I was in, the teachers that were there, it just wasn't a good vibe. Even the students that it attracted, it was like, I was like, no, nah, this isn't for me. So after three months, I quit. I quit. I did go to college for, um, I think almost a full year. I went to Grossmont College, which was a community college. I took some general, general ed classes. I liked it, didn't love it. Uh, still didn't have any direction of what else I wanted to do because I was so set for like the last year and a half that I was going to be a hairdresser. And all the meanwhile, my girlfriend finished school, graduated and started working at that salon that we we had started out sweeping hair at. And she started building a clientele and she started making money. And after the end of that first year of college, I traveled a little bit, worked in the restaurant business, found out what it was to make, uh, you know, be a manager. I was like, Oh, they only make about $30,000 a year. I'm like, Oh, my girlfriend's making more than that now as a hairdresser. So your hours are good for about an, a year if you quit school. So after at the year mark, I just said, you know what, I'm gonna give this another shot. I'm a year older. I'm a year wiser. My girlfriend's having success, even though she went to that shitbag school. Uh, let me give it another go. So I walked into the school and they had done a little bit of a refresh. There were some new teachers. There was a new class of students in there that happened to be a little bit older than 18 at the time when I was, had first joined. And it was a whole new experience. I was like in it to win it. I was dedicated. 
I was top five in my class, like from the jump, I was the only one who knew how to blow dry when I started there. And I was like, yo, if you've had hair like this your whole life, you've learned how to style it. So that's when I realized I had a special trait, which was styling. Styling to me, I'm very particular, very meticulous about my way of styling. So, you know, what drew me to the career was the fact that I knew I could be good at it. And I've stayed in it because I've found my niche in it, which is the style of uh, styling and foundations. Right. And so luckily for me, my mom pushed me to work in a really high level salon after I graduated. So I was introduced to the world of Robert Chromians and Paul Mitchell, which I'm forever thankful that I was put in a room with such epic people that created a vision for me that I had no clue. I had no clue that people like this existed, that salons like this existed, that I could be at such a high level and have a career with the potential like these people had. I mean, we're talking about Takashi, Abe. I mean, I can name off so many people that I worked with, Marcus, um, so many people in the industry that have touched me and have moved my career. Stephanie Kachowski, Robert Cromings himself, Michael Muldoon, um, DJ Muldoon, like having people like that come and pour in to a 19 year old who just had the, the widest eyes of what could be possible. And us as assistants, we worked nine to nine, six days a week. We grinded, we traveled for shows. We did the damn thing and we put the work in. And about a year and a half after being an assistant, I was offered uh, a chance to leave with my mentor at the time um, to open a salon and to come and step in as a leader in that space uh, that early in my career. So it was scary and I wasn't sure, but I trusted my, my gut, I trusted my intuition. And we we moved and we opened a salon that we built it from nothing. And within three years, I had over six figure clientele working commission and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, and then when push came to shove, I wanted to grow. I wanted to expand. And that's when I moved on and first experienced my, my time as a booth renter, but back to my mentors, I had some of the most epic mentors in the industry. I think if I, of all those people that I named off, whether they knew they were my mentor or not, they impacted me so much. And like I said, helped me create a vision for myself in this business that I never knew was possible when I decided to sign up for beauty school in 11th grade. And so sometimes when you trust those nudges and you trust those intuitions that something's going to lead you to the greater good of what could be like lean into those, because that's probably one of the most valuable lessons I've learned along the way is that you don't have to always know what's about to happen in order to keep going and keep creating momentum in your business. So you know, I learned such invaluable lessons working alongside so many of those people, how they spoke to their clients, how they showed up every day for work, what, what they were doing outside of work to bring back thoughtful, experiential conversation to their clients. It wasn't just about the hair. And that's when I realized if I honed in on my personal skill set and developing my you know, etiquette and the way I spoke to my clients that that would help me build just as fast as taking another haircutting or color class. And so with those two powerful things combined, I think that's what stood me apart from so many people, especially at such a young age as I was starting out. So, you know, the, the thought process behind venturing out on my own was I've always been super independent growing up. Um, I was an only child till I was 11. And even then I then took care of my brother. So, you know, I, I just feel 
a real sense of accomplishment and purpose when I'm taking care of myself and when I'm doing things in my own way. And that was my first realization that I maybe wanted to be my own boss and I maybe wanted to do my own thing. And so in, in a way, when I left, I went to booth rent and it was my first experience being responsible solely for my own business and for myself. I had no one to blame if I wasn't booked or busy. I had no one to blame if I was sick or, you know, any of the things that we come up with. Right. And that's, that's going to lead me to the next, you know, challenge that it, the question I have here is how did you overcome some of the challenges when the time came to move? You know, so many challenges were thrown at me and I could name a ton of them, but perseverance and having faith in my skill set and having faith that I could build the type of business that I wanted was what propelled me to keep going, keep stepping into that next scary space. And when I finally, when I finally left that space, um, I was ready to go back into a bigger culture space. And that's when I met, um, my last salon owner, which was Rebecca of Hyde Edwards Salon in San Diego. It's a super high level, beautiful, gorgeous salon in downtown San Diego, Little Italy. And that's where I spent the next 10 years of my career, really crafting and really working on the craft. I had built the book of business at the time. And at that point it was just retaining, growing, scaling, and then mentoring people on my own. So I took on my first assistant when I started there um, and that's when I really fell back in love with teaching. Cause remember I wanted to be a teacher. So this was like a perfect opportunity for me to then start pouring into somebody else. At that point, I'd been in my career about, let's see, three, four, I want to say five or six years. And so I spent the next almost 10 years, like I said, at Hyde Edwards training assistant after assistant, um, going through my, my assistant program which um, is really just a, you know, come with me and let me show you the way let's do this together rather than a look at me. So I, I loved, I loved teaching. I love mentoring. And that's when I was ready to move into a smaller space to then start creating on my own. And then a couple of years later, I had the perfect opportunity to open my own salon salon and fell in love with just building the space out creatively, creatively, what's the word? Creatively. <laughs> And, and really creating the environment that I thrived in that I hoped other people would find that they could thrive in as well. And then COVID. COVID happened about six months after I opened the salon, but all through the exploration of what was next, you know, asking better questions, get you better answers, right? So that's a little bit of my backstory. Let's go to the next question on here. So I wrote, um, how long did it take you to feel like you finally, quote, got it and felt confident in your skills and business? So I think, I, I think I felt like I got it after about, I don't know, year two on the floor. I had flow. I had client retention. I had my own style of cutting. I had my own style of coloring. Um, and I was really, I was really confident that I could give the client whatever it is that they wanted. And after, you know, a few more years there and then moving on to booth renting that step of confidence in myself to go out on my own, not only compounded the confidence that I felt, it proved to me that I could do hard things. I could do scary things. I could go out on my own and still make it. I didn't die. Um, and then that confidence poured into the next thing that I chose to do. And then the next thing, right? So when we show ourselves that we can do hard things, it makes the next hard thing that pops up, you know, more believable because you're like, look what I've already done. Um, I can probably do this too. All right. So next question is, what are some common mistakes you see from people just starting out in this industry? Okay. Freckles still wants to go outside. You hear Freckles wants to be on the podcast. 
Um, I want to say the common mistakes I see now, I could probably go back 20 years ago, but I think they're probably similar. The mistakes I see now people starting on the industry is that they don't want to work as much as we used to work. You got to, you got to build the momentum before you can sit back and let the train drive itself. Okay. So, and with that being said, you know, it's not the hustle and grind mode till you burn out. It's structuring so that you're taking advantage of your time, that you're spending your time wisely to build your business and that you're putting your hours in where they count the most. You're not staying in the busyness of the bullshit that doesn't move the needle in your business. And unfortunately in beauty school, there is no business building background that's given to you in beauty school. And I really hope to change that one day by opening my own academy and my own school, because the fundamentals of business are just as important in having a sustainable career in the beauty industry as the fundamentals of actual technical skills, cutting, coloring, skincare, lashes, nails, whatever, whatever category that you fall in. If you own a med spa, building a team leadership, all of that should be taught to you when you're in school, just like, you know, using a checkbook should be taught to you when you're in high school. Sex ed should be more thorough. Like beauty school should come with a degree, a two-year degree program in my mind, all focused around business building, online marketing, social media skills, uh, website development. Like you should leave school with all of that. And that's what I hope to bring to fruition in the next year or so. That is on my big vision board is to create a beauty school where this is implemented and these hours are required because without those, you're just setting people up for failure to start a business without a business background. Like how effed up is that? Um, so really the mistakes I see are people just jumping in over their head and not getting the, getting the education that they need in order to support the business that they want to have. Um, next question at this point in your career, what's the most rewarding for you, uh, running a salon, educating, being behind the chair. Okay. The most rewarding for me is giving people the tools to run a business properly. That is what lights me up. Literally giving you the skill set through this podcast, through the value that I share on social media, through my Behind the Beauty Brand membership mastermind that I run with Laren. All we want to do is empower you with tools to have a successful beauty business. It is not as complicated as people make it seem to be. You can keep it simple. And that is my strategy is keeping things as simple as possible. Because if you're a creative, multi-passionate person like I am, you need simple strategies and systems to implement into your business in order to have it flow and for you to have the creative space to do what you need to be doing day in and day out. So I think that's the most rewarding is now giving back and creating what I wish was available to me back in the day when I started. I would have paid twice as much if they had included another six months of business coaching that went along with the beauty education, um, I would have paid double that if they would have set me up with a website and a booking system and then this and then that and all the things I needed to literally leave school ready to be an asset to somebody else's salon. You know, you can still be an assistant and be an asset and no one gives you that power when you leave school. So, so many things that I wish and want to create and that are going to feel rewarding, but are rewarding for me now. Um, another question I wrote down, what do you hope to see from the beauty industry and community here in San Diego? I've already seen the things I wanted to come to fruition. These networking events that I have for beauty professionals, bringing the community together to collab with one another, to support one another, to be accountable, to be accountability partners for one another. You know, you can be in networking groups with other high level entrepreneurs, but they just don't get it. They don't get this industry the way that we get it. They, if you're not in it, 
you don't understand it. You might understand business. You might understand a brick and mortar. You might understand service to person business, but if you don't run in this industry, you don't know what we go through day in and day out. And so having a safe space for us to connect and share and collab is what literally sets my soul on fire aside from teaching, but giving powerful tools to beauty professionals to support their well-being as they move through this very um, taxing industry. Like it's hard on your body. Sometimes it's hard on your mental health. Sometimes it's hard on your family when you're super busy. Like it's a very draining on some days, uh, industry, but it also can be so fulfilling and rewarding depending on how you build your clientele and depending on how you build your boundaries in your business. So, um, that's why I'm bringing back the in-person networking events. I'm starting connection calls at 11 a.m., PST every single Monday. You can join me right here on zoom, very much podcast style like this, where we'll be sharing stories with one another. But then I also hope to bring in-person events back into my new creative space, um, in downtown San Diego, where my salon is at currently. So next question, what is your specialty or favorite kind of hair to do in the salon? I love blonding. Um, I love blonding more than anything in the whole wide world. Um, but I also just love color. Color is what sets my soul on fire, but also to partner with that great color is a beautiful haircut. I was so lucky to be trained by such amazing, um, haircutters like Michael Muldoon, a Baron, uh, Robert Cromine, Stephanie Kachowski, uh, Takashi, like I mentioned earlier, and, you know, staying around people who, who really have a passion for these skill sets is what has driven me to be such a expert at what it is that I do. Such a perfectionist. Like I love, I love, love, love partnering both color and cut together as well. Um, and also makeup. I, I started doing makeup about 10 years ago, which is about halfway into my career and just being able to give someone that whole package look, um, really just still lights me up, obviously. So, uh, my next question was, how do you schedule and fund you time to prevent burnout? Okay. This one is huge. And I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, like, you look like you have a lot of fun. You go on these trips, you do all these things. Um, but yet you look like you still get so much shit done. And that's where time blocking has played a massive role in my productivity levels in me actually accomplishing the things I say I want to get done. Um, Time blocking has changed everything for me. I used to be the person that tried to do six different things at once in the same day. And when I, when I was just doing hair behind the chair, I mean, I worked eight to 10 hours behind the chair. There wasn't, there wasn't a time to do six different things. I trained in the morning, um, at the gym and I went straight to work at the salon and maybe I would go out after work. That was like the extent of what I did. I wasn't trying to grow a business, uh, online. I didn't have my son yet. Um, I had plenty of free time, but I spent most of my free time working in the salon and growing my business. So I was knuckles deep for about 17 years, meaning I worked Tuesday through Saturday full time. And I pretty much said yes to everything. I took the clients that nobody else wanted in the salon. I traveled on weekends. I didn't want to, I missed certain shit. Um, and it was probably about when Kai turned three or four that I was missing, his fifth or sixth soccer game on a Saturday. And I was complaining to my mom who was taking him to these games, how I wish I could go to the games. And she looked me square in the face and she goes, aren't you your own boss? Why don't you just start taking Saturdays off? And I was like, Oh my God, I could never, I'd lose so many clients. And you know, a whole last story around all of that. Well, 
math is the path. And I did my numbers and I figured out what I make on Saturdays on average. And I figured out how much I needed to raise my prices overall in order for me to still make the same amount of income, but lose one full day in the salon. And that's when I really started to take control and ownership over my business being my freaking business that I could run it how I wanted. I could charge the prices that I saw other people charging, even though I started out 15 years before them at such a lower level price. Like the industry has evolved. The market has evolved. Prices for things have inflated. Like why have I not inflated my prices as well to match what I'm paying even just to open and have my business run. So when I really started to pay attention to those things, when my priorities shifted, right? I wanted to spend more time with my son. What was that going to look like me giving up in the salon space in order to still have this time with my kid? Cause I didn't have a kid for someone else to get to take soccer games on Saturday. So that's when I really started to deep dive into what I make per hour, what my hourly value was and, and reverse engineer. What does my income, what do I want my income goal to be for the year? And how do I reverse engineer making that happen? How many months do I need to be working? How many days a week do I need to be working? How many hours a week do I need to be working? How many clients do I need to see in order to make that number? How much per hour do I need to be making in order to hit those revenue goals? So once I started taking ownership of my business and my numbers, everything shifted for me. I started making so much more money. I started having so much more clarity around what type of clients I wanted to work with. And it kind of all evolved from there. And I'm just going to stop with the questions right now because I think this is going to take me on a good tangent to kind of give you guys some backstory of how I was introduced to a business mastermind. So it was probably about three and a half years ago. Um, I had started to hear about masterminds, but I, I really wasn't sure what they were. I didn't know how they related to how I could use them for my business, um, et cetera. But even before that, I was introduced to personal development through um, the fitness world and through attending fitness clinics and kind of little mini retreats that were focused on health and fitness, but also had a personal development component. Strong Fitness Magazine uh, started something called Strong Camps, and their first ambassador that ran those um, really showcased like bringing in personal development around why we want to be fit, what does being healthy and strong mean to you. And I had the fortunate... um, opportunity to host one of those. And I brought in Lori Harder, who we had a fitness background together and she was just deep diving. She was, she was pivoting from online fitness professional into more personal development growth. And she invited me to her bliss project, her, her in-person women's empowerment, uh, three-day meetup. And so that was my first experience into, you know, in-person life-changing, oh my God, these conversations are epic. Is this really what women talk about? Is this, I have no idea what's going on. And I had no idea that I was really always in my head and never in my body. And I didn't know what it was like to be vulnerable. I didn't know what it was like to do anything but serve, serve, serve my clients on a like, you know, kind of transactional level. Um, and it, it really unlocked so much for me, but also introduced me to her husband, Chris, Harder, who is who I joined his mastermind, right? So Chris and Lori run the mastermind together. And he started talking about this mastermind and saying that this, it was called Fast Foundations. Fast Foundations. This is for early stage entrepreneurs or accidental entrepreneurs. That keyword spoke to me, accidental entrepreneur. I feel like so many of us who join the beauty industry are now technically entrepreneurs, but by way of accident. 
Not all of us went to school thinking I'm going to be an entrepreneur. You might've thought I want to make my own schedule. I want to charge what I want. I want to see the type of clients that I want, but really the underlying tone wasn't, I'm going off to be an entrepreneur. Some of you may have thought I want to own a salon and that's great and all that, but that's not, when I went to school, that was not on the forefront of my mind. I thought I don't want to be responsible for all these other people. I only want to worry about myself. So fast forward 18, 19 years into my career, I was like, what else is out there? Social media has blown up. I have not taken advantage of online marketing. I've been so bogged down in the doing of my business. I haven't grown or scaled it. I'm still only one person. Uh, at the time I was making around $150,000 a year. So I was in a really comfortable place in my business and my life. And I thought I can either stay here for the next 20 years in the industry, making about the same amount of money with about the same amount of influence, or I can do something different. I can learn something new and see where it takes me. So I reached out to Chris and Lori and I said, Hey, I see you just launched this mastermind. I'm really curious. What's it all about? And Chris was like, you know, I can't tell you what to do. All I can say is get in the room with these people and see what ideas and, uh, shit comes up for you. And I have, had my life changed from this experience, right? Putting myself in rooms with other people who want to have higher level conversations on how they can grow both personally and professionally, like shifted everything for me. So you guys hear me talk a lot about this on my stories about staying in community with people doing the things you want to be doing, but also putting skin in the game. When I, when I had to pull out my credit card and charge almost $7,000 to commit to a six month, I don't know what the fuck's going to come out of this experience. It, it, it literally, it was a full body fuck. Yes. At the same time, it was a holy shit. What the fuck did I just do? Um, but what do I have to lose? I already have proof that I can make money. So I know I'm going to pay this off. Um, and you know, what's the worst that can happen? I didn't go to college. I didn't spend a hundred thousand dollars on a degree. I don't use, I have had no debt. I've paid off, you know, beauty school years and years and years ago. What would it look like if I went all in on myself at a level like this, that would get me to commit so hardcore that I would kick myself if I didn't show up like a badass, ready to go every single call, every single meetup, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to forgive myself. So by putting that much skin in the game, it changed everything for me, my confidence level, my belief in myself. I was like, it's make or break it, Jess. So my first in-person with this group, I'm actually so excited because I'm going back to Arizona this week to co-facilitate and to get to speak on the panel to the new group that's in there right now. Um, post three years, I could have never seen that being possible for me, but here we are, which is, you know, the vision is always so much bigger than you even think it's going to be. So that was my first experience being around other people who, you know, were pouring into my vision. And it took me probably the last two years to really niche down to who I speak to because without, without being, you know, a total liar right now, I thought I wanted to get out of the industry. I thought stepping into this online marketing space that I was going to create some new other business. But when I was in that room, getting poured into learning all these things, I was like, this is exactly what our beauty industry needs. Like times 10. We need to learn how to make online courses. We need to learn how to market ourselves on social media. We need to learn how to diversify our revenue. We need all of this information. Why was none of this taught to us? And why are these things not offered to beauty professionals? And that's when I was like, well, I'm here, you know, even though I didn't know what a mastermind was in the beginning, like I, I was my job now to put this out into the universe. And now there's a ton of different mastermind coaching 
programs for hairdressers in the beauty industry, which makes me so happy because what it's doing is leveling up our industry like nobody's business. Like it is taking our careers to the next level by all of us in community showing up at the level that we're showing up. It is like so freaking powerful. And it like literally brings me to tears when I think about where I started in that shitbag school, wanting to quit, almost being embarrassed to be known as a hairdresser, to being so proud of my career and looking at my industry. Like this is the most badass, epic group of women, men that anyone could ever get the chance to work with. Like our clients love us. Like we love each other. We love what we get to do every single day. We love who we are and who we get to be in this industry. Like there is literally nothing freaking better. So, you know, I have really found my niche with foundational skills and teaching brand basics and teaching all of the fundamentals that you need to know in order to start moving yourself into an online space or to really start to grow your brand. If you're fresh out of school, I hope you've stumbled across this podcast. If you know someone just graduating from school or wanting to go into the beauty industry, send them this episode so that they can see what it's really like from start to finish, right? Because I'm only halfway through my career. Let's be honest. I'm only 41. I'm only 20 years in and I don't know what I don't know. There's so much potential. It gets me excited just thinking about it. But for now, my heart has shifted back into the teaching mode. I'm behind the chair about one and a half days a week. And I've recently opened my new space called the creative house. It is where beauty inspires beauty lives. And it is where I hope to host classes, uh, for you guys and have workshops and person events, networking events. Um, if you have a class that you want to bring to fruition, this is the space for you to come create in. I will help you plan your event, market your event, put yourself out there. I could help co-facilitate your event, co-teach it, whatever it is that you need. I got you. Um, this kind of shit, literally you can hear it in my voice gets me so fired up and it's my way of giving back to an industry that has raised me and has grown me into the woman that I am, the mother that I am, you know, without the influence of all of my mentors and coworkers and peers, um, and clients even, I would not be where I'm at. And I'm so, so freaking thankful. So if you're finding yourself in this story, just take a moment, put your hand over your heart, just a moment of gratitude for what this industry provides us. Because sometimes we get so busy in the fucking doing that we stop feeling how amazing it is to get to do what we do. Right. Sit with that. How amazing. I'm so thankful each and every day that I get to wake up and be a part of this community. It is fucking next level. And I hope this podcast spoke to you. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do. It would mean the world to me if you could leave me a five-star review and a quick rating over on Apple iTunes, um, because it will help get this podcast out to more people and keep it growing. We had over a thousand downloads last month. Thank you guys so much for the support. Seriously. I was so scared to start this podcast. I was actually more busy than I was scared and I'm forever grateful for the community and you guys that keep showing up every single week, downloading the episode, sharing them with your friends and just getting this message out to more people so that we can empower, educate people in the industry to be able to grow their business, however that they see fit. So I invite you guys to check out uh, creative house. I posted some stuff on my Instagram. Again, if you want to host a class, if you want to be a part of the community, let me know. I would love to have you there. Uh, I do have a Facebook group where we hang out, we share some insight and we have our mastermind behind the beauty brand where we bring high level beauty pros together in a, in a container, in a safe space where you have live coaching with Laren and I weekly, or I'm sorry, once a month, you also get 
live um, masterclasses in person or, or live, I should say, with um, other mentors outside of the industry. And then we have a once a month connection pod meetup where you guys are holding each other accountable with your goals. We're talking about strategies. We're implementing things today. We just mapped out a 90 day roadmap for creating their goals that they want to bring to fruition in the next 90 days. So, so much momentum, so many powerful things, but again, sharing this podcast with your friends, with people, you know, in the industry, we all know somebody in the beauty industry. It would mean the world to me if we could get this out to more people. So sending you guys so much love whenever you listen to this episode and I will see you guys on the next one. I'm going-